Hello, and welcome to the Christ Lutheran Church Sermon Podcast. This is Matthew Best. I serve as pastor of Christ Lutheran Church in Allison Hill in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Thanks for being here. If today's message connects with you and what you're going through, brings you inspiration, or offers connection with God, I ask you to please stay on after the message for just a few moments to learn ways to connect with the congregation and the health ministries that we offer. And now, let's dive into God's Word. A reading from Isaiah chapter 40. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry out. And I said, What shall I cry? All people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift your voice with a shout. Lift it up, do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, Here is your God. See, the Sovereign Lord comes with power and He rules with a mighty arm. See, His reward is with Him and His recompense accompanies Him. He tends His flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lamb in His arms and carries them close to His heart. He gently leads those that have young. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So the question I want us to think about is where are we going and are we prepared? That's kind of, the Advent is a season of preparation and it's a journey. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do with the children's message of Mary and Joseph traveling. I've seen other churches that have the wise men travel through and it's pretty neat and all this. And it really conveys this idea of where, where are we going? Where are we going? So a couple of years ago, our family had this opportunity to uh, do a trip. Uh, we went out west to Wyoming and Montana and up into Alberta. It's gorgeous, it's wonderful, it's beautiful. And uh, on the way back down through, we went through Saskatchewan, um, which is a lot of canola fields, and then more and then more, and then more, and then more. Uh, and, and so we were going to come in through uh, North Dakota, back into the United States. And we were driving through, and it was, it was it's just, you're out in the middle of nowhere. When, when you're, it's, you know, I'm driving, and I'm like, I hope the car doesn't break down, because there's nothing, and you're not walking anywhere either. <laughs> And we're driving, we get to the border, and we're like, oh, phew, like the border, I, we didn't even think about when 
there's actually times at certain border crossings that you can cross and other times that they're closed. I didn't, I didn't realize that. I didn't know that. And so Canadian time, it was almost 4 o'clock, and we were approaching, and, I thought, and so we looked up. Oh, well, the border closes at 5 o'clock. In the United States, it was 5 o'clock. In Canada, it was 4 o'clock, and we had just missed it. And so thankfully, so we were not prepared. <laughs> and, and so we're sitting there, and we're going, well, now what? what? There's like, besides this border shack with the gate, and then the, the, uh, the American version of it, which has the gate closed, there's a fence. Now what? What do we do? I don't know. So thankfully, the Canadian uh, border patrol officer was extremely nice, as Canadians often are. <laughs> That's the reputation. And we said, so what's, what's going on? It's 4 o'clock. He said, yeah, here. But you all have this other thing where you change the times and all that. Oh, right, OK. So he said, Here's, you got a couple of options. And you can go to this, there's, there's two other, the two closest ones, the border crossings are, you know, one's this way and one's this way. And, you know, the one is open 24 hours, it's a major port of entry, but it's four hours away. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> the other one, you can make it, it's gonna take you an extra two hours. But they're open till seven, so if you go now, you'll make it. Okay. So here we go back at least a half an hour back north and just driving in the middle of nothing. And then we got to drive across and further west than what we wanted to. And then back down and finally got to the border and crossed and got back into the United States. And that was a little scary because this was not part of the plan and we were not prepared. This is the idea of where are we going? And this was the question that the family was always was asking me, as if I knew. I don't know, I'm following what this guy said, and I'm trusting that he's right. I just have to trust in this. And so that's, that's what we did, and obviously got back. And, uh, but, you know, I'm thinking about that in terms of this scripture. To give you a little sense of what's going on here, Isaiah 40 is, which is what the, the, the reading was. Isaiah 40 is a transition uh, chapter in the, the book of Isaiah. The first 39 chapters are, are written by uh, somebody called First Isaiah. It's the original Isaiah. And it's about the time before the Babylonians come through and they conquer Israel. And uh, so it ends. Chapter 39 ends with Hezekiah, who's the last king of Judah, and he's welcoming in the emissaries of Babylon. And it sounds great. And then we have a gap, because we have Isaiah 40, which says, comfort, comfort my people. What's going on? They're in exile, and they've been in exile for a while. There's a gap. And this is the part now, second Isaiah, in which we have God declaring 
Your exile is over. This takes place in the heavenly court, essentially. You get a, a, a sense of that. And it's the heavenly court, and it's God declaring, your exile is over, Israel. Your punishment is over. Remember, God sent Babylon, essentially, to punish Israel for their unfaithfulness, their injustice, their treatment of others and the land. That's what happened. And of course, like all empires, empires take that and then just run with it, which is what this double portion is really about in the, in the beginning here. Right? So God is declaring that Israel's time is over. It's time to go back to Jerusalem. Now that's really important because the people are going to go back, but it's not the same. Nebuchadnezzar, when Nebuchadnezzar comes through, he destroys Jerusalem. The king, the, the Davidic kings are ended. The temple is destroyed. The land is scorched. All of the leaders are taken and taken over to, to Babylon to serve the empire. There is nothing. It is a wasteland. And this is what God is saying. You're going to go back to Jerusalem now. And often when we think about, oh, we're going to go back, it's going to be just like it was before. That's not what God is saying. God doesn't want them to go back to the way that they were before. He wants them to go back because it's, a prom it's the promised land. But he doesn't want them to go back to the way it was because that's what got them into trouble. This is, this is why they ended up in exile in the first place, is because they were unfaithful, they were unjust. God is sending them back not to go back to the way it was, but to go back, and it's different. And they're different as well. You can never really go back at all. You can only go forward, but maybe in the same place. And so God has a path and a way in order to go forward to show that we have been changed. And the good news is that God is present. God hears our cry and comes with power. God makes a way forward. We hear this in this a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, and every mountain shall be made low. Rough ground shall be made level, and rugged places a plain. This gives the sense of uh, the Exodus story. If you remember the Exodus story, Israel is in bondage in Egypt, and they're oppressed, and God sets them free and leads them with a cloud, a pillar of smoke, and a pillar of fire, leads them to, to the Red Sea, opens the Red Sea, and on the other side of the Red Sea is wilderness. And they travel for 40 years in wilderness. And here they are, they find themselves oppressed, enslaved in Babylon. And God is preparing a highway it's not just a path. They're not, God is promising they're not going to wander for 40 years. Instead, there is a direct path to go to the promised land. And it's different. It's different than the last time that they were imprisoned 
that they were enslaved, that they were oppressed. This time it's going to be different. And why is it different? We get to the end here towards, towards this in, in uh, 6, 7, and 8. The people are like grass. And their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flower falls. But the word of our God endures forever. Get a picture. We talked about this in Bible study. The people are grass. Don't think of your lawn. Manicured and nice and cut and you've got a lawnmower. And all, for some, right? <laughs> the, the ideal lawn. No, let's put it that way, right? We're not talking about chem lawn or whatever, you know, those type of ads. No, no. We're talking about maybe in an urban setting, a vacant lot. Think about that. A vacant lot where things just grow and no one is tending to them. Yeah, that's the, the best way to describe it. And so there's grass and it just grows and it gets tall. And what happens when the wind blows with grass like that? It blows. It just blows any which way that it goes. And this is what God is saying. That our hope is not in humanity. Our hope is not in humanity. There's a long history of why our hope is not in humanity. We can have hope in individuals because we have relationships with individuals. And we can have hope in small communities because that's relational. But in humanity, humanity doesn't have a good track record. But God is faithful all the time, every time. The phrase here is, the word of our God endures forever. God is consistent. God is faithful. This is where our hope lies. God is making a path to go forward. We aren't going back to an old way of being. God is saying, you know, we've tried this. And I've talked about the cycle of God making a covenant, the people rejoice, and then they're like, eh, we're going to do this our way. And then they suffer the consequence, they cry out to God, and then God sends someone and they renew the covenant. Done that way too many times, God is saying, the people are like grass, but God's word endures forever. God is faithful. That's where our hope is. And God presents a way forward for us. The best days, and I've, I've said this, I've written it, whatever, the best days for the church, for our faith, for our lives are not in the past. The best days are not in the past. That's not what our faith declares. Our faith is not backward-looking. Our faith is forward-looking. And it's also recognizing the present. And it's also taking a look at what was good in the past. It's not a disregard. But it's not saying, oh, the best days are in the past. Israel's story shows that that's not the case also. It's always about what God is doing now and what God will do going forward. I've said this also, I think, that a good way to picture this is that God is at the end of time with arms outstretched, pulling us into an embrace. That's what our faith is, right? So the best days are yet to come, and that can be really difficult 
for us to really think about, to really grasp that the best days are yet to come. How is that possible, Pastor, that the best days are yet to come when we've got all sorts of things going on? There's wars in different parts of the, of the world. There's corruption. There's this. There's that. There's oppression. There's prejudice. There's whatever. The list goes on and on. That's nothing new. There is nothing new about any of it that's going on. But God's word endures forever. That is where our hope is. That is why the best is yet to come, because we haven't arrived there yet, and we haven't ever fully experienced it in the past either. God prepares a way. So when God calls to the Israelites to leave Babylon, it's that their time is over in exile. And also with that, that they're not in control. That's a hard one for human beings to hear. The Israelites don't know what the path forward is. They don't know what the, the highway isn't designed for the Israelites. It says in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. It's God's highway. It's paved by God's plan. And God doesn't necessarily give us the roadmap. We're not in charge. We're not in control. We have a perception of it. And we, we need that to some degree as human beings to have a sense of control so that you know, it's not complete chaos. But we're not in control. And that's honestly good news. Because when you look at human history, a lot of it has been humanity trying to be in control. This is where we get into trouble. The good news is we're not in control. God has a path and invites us on that path. Not alone, not individually, but together. And we're going to mess up, and we're not going to get it right. And we're going to step off the path, but this is where we've got other folks to help pull us back on the path, to pull us back on. Hey, you're going off. Hey, come on back in. It's really important that we are not alone. This is how, because we are, we are not ever prepared. We're not ever prepared fully. The second week of Advent is about preparation. It's not about our preparation so much as this is God preparing us, God preparing a way, God preparing all of creation for God's arrival that has already happened and when Jesus shows up, that changes everything for how God is currently at work in the world. It may be difficult to see, especially with all the crazy things that go on, but this is when God is most present. This is what we believe in the theology of the cross, that God is most present in the most difficult and terrible things because God is a God who suffers with us. And preparation for what will happen, what God will do as well. God preparing a highway, a path forward, out of exile, things that we've known, the oppression that we have been under, into back into a promised land, but not the way it was before. This is the good news of this Sunday. Thanks be to God. Thank you again for listening to the Sermon Podcast. 
I'm always happy to have a conversation or pray with you. Please reach out either by email to pastor at christharrisburg.org or call me at 717-236-8382. I'd also invite you to be part of worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're a very diverse, open, affirming, and laid-back congregation. Christ Lutheran Church is located at 124 South 13th Street in Harrisburg. Parking is along the street. You can enter the building through the side entrance on South 13th Street or at the corner of 13th and Thompson Streets. And lastly, check us out on the web. Our website is ChristHarrisburg.org. There you can learn more about and offer your support for the congregation as well as the health ministries and free clinics that we provide to people in need in our neighborhood. I invite you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram also at Christ Lutheran Harrisburg. Thank you. I look forward to connecting with you, and I pray that you have a blessed week.